Hey there, freedom-loving carnivores. It's Jeff Dornick from Freedom First Network, and I've got a message for you. Are you tired of feeling like your beef choices are under siege? Well, fellow patriots, it's time to fight back with Prepper All Naturals. That's right, folks. In a world where the beef industry is under constant attack, Prepper All Naturals is here to stand tall and proud as a veteran-owned beacon of quality, taste, and freedom. When the guys at Prepper All Natural set out to provide you with the finest beef products, they knew they had a duty to defend America's beef legacy, and that's why we're proud to partner with them, bringing you the best of what this great land has to offer. Whether it's their succulent freeze-dried beef cubes or their premium freezer boxes packed with steaks and roasts, we're redefining what it means to enjoy beef today and tomorrow. And let me tell you folks, their freeze-dried beef isn't just delicious, it's built to last. With proper stores, their beef cubes can maintain their quality and freshness for up to a decade, ensuring you'll never have to compromise on taste or nutrition. But wait, there's more. They're not just in the business of selling beef. They're in the business of defending freedom. That's why they promise to never sell you anything less than 100% all-American natural beef. No lab-grown imposters, no experimental jabs, and certainly no compromises with the woke agenda. So, fellow beef enthusiasts, join us in our mission to protect America's beef legacy. Visit freedomfirstbeef.com and use code FFM for 15% off your order. Because when you choose Prepper All Naturals, you're not just eating well today, you're eating well tomorrow. And together... We'll ensure that beef remains a symbol of freedom for generations to come. Prep for all naturals, where beef meets freedom. I keep America, you keep America, we'll keep America great. Keep America, you keep America, we'll keep America great. I keep America, you keep America, we'll keep America great. What? Dr. Roll. Welcome to the Bob and Eric Save America show. My name is Bob Dunlap. And my name is Eric Matheny. And I'm Savage. Savage is joining us today. You know, there are very special moments in someone's life. You're born, you're brought into this world. Maybe you get married, have children, and you're asked to guest co-host on Bob and Eric Save America. Savage, the Savage one, is joining us in our friend uh, Steve's absence. You know, Ms. Rampage, today is his 45th birthday. So if you know Rampage, send him a birthday wish. We weren't here last week. I was out of town. I was in Las Vegas last week celebrating my 40th birthday. Had a wonderful time. Had a wonderful meal at SW Steakhouse. If you're ever at the win. Go to SW, get the 45-day dry-aged New York strip. You're not going to go wrong. <laughs> and if you're back home and you want to drink some good coffee, definitely get the Freedom First Coffee. We're having a Black Friday sale today through Monday. If you go to freedomfirstcoffee.com, use promo code MAGA, M-A-G-A, you will get 30% off anything in the store, which includes coffee, shirts, and books. Biggest right. ticket item is the five-pound bag of coffee. Remember, 30% off. Prices are going up as they are. So if you can save money on anything, especially coffee, and also as important as price is principle, don't go out and support these woke corporations that make you feel bad about who you are or make Amen. you feel bad because you're, you look a certain way or you believe a certain way uh, to hell with black rifle to hell with <laughs> Starbucks. And to some degree, to hell with Dunkin' Donuts, just because the customer service there is crap. So Dunkin' I, Donuts is trash. Can we just, can we say that for the record? Dunkin' is trash? Dunkin' is trash. That, that's fine by me. So Freedom Fair. First Coffee, and I'm drinking it out of my weekly wrap-up mug. This is a throwback <laughs> to the old show Bob and I used to have. Nice. I'm happy right now. <laughs> Fantastic. So let's hit the ground. We didn't do a show since the Rittenhouse verdict, so I think we should touch on that for a moment, even though by now, the way the news cycle moves, it's old news. Bob, we predicted it here, and I'm not saying like, you know, 
we're seeing the future because it was apparent from day one, not guilty across the board. The right yeah. verdict, you agree? Yes, I agree. But there had to have been some holdouts. Something went on because what did it take, three or four days? All right, in my experience, uh, again, and I've said this so many times, I, I really honestly at my core believe this is the best system we have. It's by no means a perfect system, but it's pretty damn good. And I believe that jurors take that oath and obligation seriously. Now, obviously, we had some malfeasance from the prosecution. Obviously, we had the issue with MSNBC having one of their correspondents following the bus. Right. Uh, ostensibly to dox and to expose these jurors. We had some, uh, there were some threats online, but ultimately the jury did the right thing. They voted based on the evidence. Now, I don't care that it took them four days to do that. It's an important trial. There were multiple counts, multiple alleged victims, a lot of evidence, and a lot of video to go through. I think they took their oath and obligation seriously. Savage, what say you? I agree with you. I think during a trial, especially something of this magnitude and something this pertinent to, you know, not only self-defense, but our constitutional structure, um, jury deliberations can take one day. They can take four days. I mean, the, the longer they took, the more seriously I felt maybe they were taking it, you know, as a whole to understand if we, if they came back with the wrong verdict, cause I don't believe this ever should have went to a trial to begin with, but, um, you know, seeing as everything that they were hit with, you had, what was it? Thomas Binger. He was as corrupt as they come. You know, you had the, 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 the water was muddied from the very beginning. They had a lot to take in as just jurors. And to, to, you know, to have to make sense of all that, that's quite a bit of information to take in. And then to know you're trying to uphold, you know, doing the right thing. I think that we reached the right verdict. Although, again, I don't think we should have seen a trial in this case. I agree. And uh, well, to not see a trial would have mean, you know, would have meant one or one of a couple of things. One, the state dropped the charge or never brought it in the first place. The other would have been a plea bargain. But, you know, I guess if, if you're innocent and you're declaring self-defense, I mean, absent a really good deal. I'm not mm -hmm. saying he, he wouldn't have taken probation. I mean, look, it happens all the time. People who may be factually innocent are like, I don't want to run the risk of trial because because the trial is found guilty. He's getting life in prison. Maybe he would right. have said, yeah, I'll do the damn probation. I'll plead to you know, manslaughter or something like that. It happens. But that wasn't going to be the case here. The state was never going to offer that because there was so much political and media pressure. Now, Thomas Finger, you could say he's corrupt. I don't think he's smart enough to be corrupt. I think he's a really bad prosecutor. I, and I'll tell you, hand to God, hand to God, I was a prosecutor once and I stayed there long enough to realize that this is a shitty job because I'm making no money and I have people above me. I had 65 layers of supervision above me, all of whom were like Thomas Finger. They had just been there long enough to be marginally competent. They were not great in trial. In fact, most of them just sat in their offices and those were the people that you had to go to to get plea approval. I mean, if the guy's a career criminal and he's got certain enhancements, you have to go to a supervisor to get approval. Maybe the defense attorney calls me up and says, my guy's been in custody for 11 months for breaking into a tool shed. And he'll take, right. a, he'll take a year and a day in prison. I'm like, that's fair. He'll get the conviction mm -hmm. year and a day. And you go take it to your career criminal chief. And they look at it. They go, oh, no, offer him 10 years. And you go to trial and you feel like an idiot. And the jury comes back guilty of trespassing for a misdemeanor. And you just wasted yeah. three days and $30,000 in tax money on mm -hmm. bullshit. And we have way too much of that. So, you know, ultimately the good guy won. I think Kyle Rittenhouse is a good guy. I wish the best for him. I want to see him do great things. I want to sue him. I see him sue the shit out of everybody who called him a white supremacist. Now, let me just draw a distinction here. When you have something in the public eye like that, a big media case, if you opine on it, like we do, we do that all the time. We're not subject to civil liability because we're not libeling or slandering anybody. We're not saying anything, uh, portraying it as a statement of fact with reckless right. disregard for the truth. You can say Kyle Rittenhouse went and murdered those people. That could be your interpretation of the facts. And whether it's right or wrong, you're not going to be sued for it because right. 
that's not necessarily reckless disregard for the truth. That's just your own interpretation of the evidence. To say he's a white supremacist, to levy that accusation on him, that is libel. That is slander. You put it out on Twitter. You put it out in a blog post. You publish it. That is libel in written format. You speak it on a news program. You speak it on a podcast. That is right. slander. So I think he's going to pull the Nick Sandman and go and just one, two, three, take them all down, take down CNN, MSNBC. I think he's going to walk away with right. over $100 million. Yeah, he could sue Biden. Look, Biden, when he was a private citizen, he slandered yeah. him. He publicly slandered him. He said he's a white supremacist. And there was nothing about that case that made it racial. And I got to bring up something else that's happened since we've been off the air for a week was, well, how do you pronounce the name of the city? Is it Waukesha? Waukesha, I'm sorry. I'm getting the, the enunciation green correct. Waukesha, Wisconsin. Waukesha, Wisconsin, about 30 minutes from Milwaukee. We all saw what happened. This horrific act of terror where you had a man, 39-year-old Daryl Brooks, a, a felon since he was a teenager, a guy who never should have been out on the street uh, right. with some very disturbing social media history, allowing support for BLM and hating white people, drove his car deliberately zigzagging through a parade route, killing six, including a child, injuring uh, like 56 people. And the media wants to immediately say, well, that's not race related. He was fleeing the scene of another crime as if that's any better. But the right. bottom line is the media spent the last 14 months creating a race issue out of a white kid shooting other white people that had nothing to do with race. And the media created this racial narrative to create some grievance. Now at the same time, well, while the Rittenhouse trial was going on, you had the Ahmaud Arbery trial. Now I, I don't want to call it Ahmaud Arbery trial because he's the victim. I just don't know right. the names of the defendants to call it that. So our, I use his name because that's how we know it. Those guys were found guilty. Those guys hunted him down. He's a guy running in a neighborhood. Whether he was breaking into houses or not is really immaterial. For these guys to go out and be vigilantes and, and end up shooting and killing the guy, that was murder. And I think they got it right. But if you notice, the media really sat that one out. They kind of let it take fold and, and, and let that happen. But they didn't stoke the racial flames because they knew that that was going to be a guilty verdict. So where's the grievance? They thought and they knew ahead of time that Rittenhouse was going to be a not guilty. So they had to infuse it with this racial narrative. Okay. Now, here's exactly. what I say about Daryl Brooks and guys like that. Yeah, was that race related? You'll never convince me otherwise. A, a, an avowed BLM supporter with a disturbing social media history of we got to get these white people going out to uh, Waukesha, which is 88% white on a Christmas parade. Come on. Imagine if a white guy with a MAGA hat with racist social media history went and did that on MLK Day in Milwaukee or in Chicago. You, we wouldn't be sitting here right now because our yeah. homes would probably be on fire. And the way the media whitewashes it, but at the same time stoking the racial narrative when there is none, just makes me think that the media is Dr. Frankenstein and Daryl Brooks is just the monster. He's just the creation of the media. This yeah. guy who's who's vulnerable to that kind of suggestion, who then says he went out there, he deliberately ran people over. He, if you're fleeing the scene of another crime and you drive down a parade route and you're zigzagging intentionally running people over and they call it a crash. I've been in a crash before I applied my brakes. I didn't see him. Yeah, apply his brakes. They, that, uh, what is it? Wikipedia had, had said that it was an accident or an incident. They refused to use any other terminology, but again, they, they will stoke what they know will sell what yep. they can lead to the sheeple and they'll get them enraged on for all the wrong reasons will forget the facts of the matter and will act off of emotion, which is why things like Kyle Rittenhouse get put, you know, front and center 
And then things like this, oh, we're just going to disregard it and call it an accident. I've never had an accident where I've taken a Chevy and driven over fucking people in the middle of a Christmas parade. But I mean, again, think of who we're selling this to. We live in a nation that is so just dumbed down and complacent and fed through a TV screen or a telephone or a laptop or just word of mouth by the ignorant. This is what you're going to get every time. You're not going to get a different outcome when people are refusing to open their eyes. They're not blind. They're just willfully not opening their eyes to it. And the media knows this. And when they're in accordance with politicians and we're in dire straits like we are right now, you're not going to get a different outcome unless you want that different outcome. Folks, listen up. I've got something crucial to share with you today. In this uncertain world, you need to be prepared for anything, especially when it comes to your health. That's where the wellness company comes in, offering you peace of mind in a box with their medical emergency kit. Picture this. You're faced with a medical emergency and you need quick, effective treatment. The wellness company's medical emergency kit is like having a strategic arsenal of life-saving medications right at your fingertips. From proven treatments like ivermectin to generic Z-Packs and amoxicillin, this kit has got you covered. But that's not all. Every kit comes with a medical emergency guidebook, ensuring you have the knowledge to use these medications safely and effectively. It's like having a medical professional right there with you when you need it most. And here's the kicker. Use code FFN to get 10% off your medical emergency kit at twc.health FFN. That's right, folks. 10% off, peace of mind in a box. Don't wait until it's too late. Get your medical emergency kit today and be ready for whatever comes your way. Stay safe, stay prepared with a wellness company. Again, Use code FFN to get 10% off your medical emergency kit at twc.health slash FFN. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Bob, Trump was right, and the media is the enemy of people. That. The media is the enemy of the people. Look at what, look at what they do to us. But here's the thing we talked about on, on shows before, is that it's also at the same time a demand side problem. They're the drug dealer, but we're the drug mm-hmm. addicts. We have to be the ones to turn away from it. Now, you can put out good news, but that doesn't attract the clicks and the attention that the bad news does. And there's something about race. There's something about race and race relations that stokes this real emotional response in people and gets people to go to CNN or go to MSNBC where they can take something that realistically should not have even been a national story. Kyle Rittenhouse should not have been a national story. He went to uh, the the riot to to help out and he was attacked and he used self-defense. People use self-defense in this country every single day. There are trials going on. You'll never hear the names of anyone involved. That should have been Rittenhouse. The fact that they took that and they created what they did out of it and then trying to trying to build this race narrative from it. And they were actually, the way they were really doing it, if you watched it more toward the end when it was actually in trial, was it was the hypothetical rage. It was, imagine if Kyle Rittenhouse were black, would he be getting the same treatment? Would he do this? I'm a defense attorney, stand your ground self-defense. I've been doing this for long over a decade, guys. I can't tell you how many clients who don't look like me 
have been exonerated, have been freed, have had their charges dropped over lawful self-defense. I assure you that that rule is applied blindly. If you have to use self-defense and the law is on your side, it doesn't matter what you look like or where you come from. Self-defense is a human right for all humans. Amen. And, yeah. and the fact that they had to make a race narrative out of it. They're evil. Just goes to show the depths to which they will go to appeal to this common denominator of, of just base humanity. Just you, you don't look like them. So they're the enemy. Uh, and, and just continually stoking this, this fire that uh, has been going on since the Obama administration of race relations. You really would have thought that the first black president would have had an amazing opportunity to, to move us forward. Yeah. And he didn't, and he squandered that opportunity. He made it worse. Squandered that opportunity that he had to bring us together. And I remember that time period. And I remember before he was in office, I thought race relations were fine. Now the left will turn around and say, well, you're not in a position to say that because you're a white male. Yep. Screw you. I'm a human being. I'm allowed to have an opinion. I have my lived experiences as you do. Yep. We've all faced and endured hardships in our lives, some more than others. But the bottom line is that if you're a rational thinking human being, and you could go back to 2006, 2007 before Obama, and believe me, we had our own national problems then. We were mired in a war in Iraq. We had the, the housing crisis. But race relations were very different. We weren't in this delicate state where you have to walk on eggshells and be careful of what you're going to say. Well, the media and, and also social media, I think just the ability to um, give everyone an outlet for these grievances, to, to stoke the grievances, to create them, but then give everyone an outlet for it. Because at the end of the day, it's not really about expressing your opinion. It's about being validated for those opinions. And it's just a dopamine feedback loop. And we've just given humanity a tool by which to use it. Um, but we got to bring our guests in right now because they're going to touch on this. And one thing I want to touch on before we bring them in is we have a new uh, variant of COVID, the Omicron variant, which is oh. the Greek alphabet. They they moved over a certain letter, a Greek alphabet letter. Uh, well, XI is uh, is Xi. It's pronounced Xi in Greek, but G looks like like Xi Jinping, the, the right. leader of communist <laughs> China. And they just skipped that one because that's going to be wonder why they don't want to associate COVID with China. They should. What about, did you hear there's only four people in Africa that have this thing? (laughs) Four. (laughs) Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Really? For, yeah. For- we have tests for it. They have a vaccine lined up if you really even want to call it that. We got the travel restrictions back, which orange man bad was racist, and now it's okay. Come on, y'all, wake up. Has anyone else had enough? I mean, even if there's another variant, which there's always going to be, because that's what viruses do, they fucking mutate. Um, Can we not shut down our lives for a head cold that most of us have not even been tested for and or survived after we were tested? This has gotten so far out of the scope of reality. I can't even deal with it anymore. The mask, the signage. Like we're literally shutting down our lives for some sniffles. And now we're going to comfortably just, you know, skip past Zai 
and make it look like, oh, we want no, you know, no attachment to China. Why not? That's where it came from. Is right. anyone going to actually talk about that? No. Yeah. And what about what about the uh, the travel ban? The Biden administration just banned travel from what seven African nations? Yeah, it's no big deal because you know Bentley fuck Biden did it while he's getting his diaper changed. Let me tell you something. That was one of the biggest powerpoints that they had last year. Oh, Trump's so racist. Trump's ignorant. You can't you can't tell people they can't come to your country. Now it's okay because Biden and Saki and all them other idiots in the White House decided to say. Here's a good plan. It's not a good plan. It's never going to be a good plan. The good plan is moving on with your lives. If you get sick, see a doctor. If not, go to work, love your family, build a fence around what you love and do what you got to do. I am so over this horseshit with the, uh, what is it? The moronic variant? Well, it's the midterm variant a year early. And look, I don't give a goddamn if COVID morphs into a fire-breathing dragon that incinerates everything within 15 minutes of my house. I don't give a shit about this virus anymore. I am unvaccinated. I don't wear a mask. And I am healthy because I live my life. I live my life. I'm not going to succumb to fear. I had no idea. I guess the last 18 months has just opened my eyes to humanity how how addictive fear is and i'll tell you what it is i'll tell you there's something about covid that tapped a nerve of humanity not humanity in in the grand scheme of things but just where we are now they couldn't have pulled this nonsense 10 15 20 years ago because we were too strong we were too self-assured where we are right now there's something about it that did something for people there are people in the world in our country in your communities that never want this to end because of what it can do it can make you fat. It can make you lazy. You can ignore the fact that your business is failing. It's not because you're not trying. You're sitting on the couch collecting an unemployment check. The government will keep taking care of you. There's an excuse for everything. You call a business due to COVID. We can't do this. I want to buy a car today. I want to buy a car. I'm an American consumer. I want to buy a car and I can't get a car because my dealership doesn't have any cars on the lot because the supply chain is shut down due to COVID. It's absolutely the perennial excuse for failure and people love it and also lets people be judgmental of others. You can go on social media and say, I saw a guy at Publix not wearing a mask. Look at my mask selfie. I'm triple vaccinated. Here's my card. Feed me that dopamine. And that's what it did. And we got two people right here who are going to tell us what it means in terms of the great reset, because this is all part of something bigger than just an illness. We got Nick, professor of political science, creator of the PAS Report, political podcast, and coming back to the show for the second time, Politic Rick, CEO of the Giant Slayers, Truth Warrior, and Free Speech Extremist. Gentlemen, welcome back. Well, welcome back to you, Rick. And Nick, welcome for the first time. How are you guys? Thanks for having me. Doing good. good. Hey, good to see you again, Eric, Bob. And we got Savage on our, our other uh, co-host, uh, Rampage, is off for his birthday. So we brought in a ringer, and she's doing a fabulous job. Gentlemen, uh, where we are right now, we're talking about the Omicron variant. Now, in terms of the Great Reset, Nick, Rick, what does that mean? Well, you know, the, the Great Reset is, uh, is connected, I, I think, to, uh, to the COVID virus. Uh, a gentleman, uh, Klaus Schwab is his name, kind of a kind of a sinister looking fellow and a sinister name that uh, kind of fits, uh, fits what's going on here. But uh, he said that we've got to use this COVID uh, uh, pandemic as an opportunity, an opportunity to create a great reset, not go back to the old normal and go to a new normal. And then he talks about 
you know, things like we need to establish equity. And of course, we all know when we're talking about equity that uh, uh, probably uh, from each according to his ability, each according to his needs fits that definition. And the Green New Deal or climate change and everybody in politics knows that when we're talking about green, we're really talking about uh, uh, you know, a Marxist idea. You know, what they want to do is transfer power from the old guard, the oil and gas companies and move it to their friends that they haven't even identified yet. You know, we, we saw how, uh, how Obama handled the uh, green energy and creating uh, solar panels. They'll just give it to people that they know will forever support them and, and back them. Um, and then the last thing is to reform capitalism. Well, what else is there besides capitalism other than Marxism? So that's what they're up to. What, what, what do you think, Nick? Well, I think that this has been a push for the last 30, 40, 50 years. It's just increased with the coronavirus. I mean, basically, you have this globalist approach that has wanted to destroy the idea of the nation state, eliminate the idea of borders, create this universal system where we all give sovereignty to these intergovernmental organizations, and they're the ones that rule over our lives. It's coordinated, it's organized, and the coronavirus was the perfect vehicle to get us to move towards authoritarianism. It's not that uh, they, they planned that this pandemic would happen, but once it did happen, they realized how they could use it, manipulate it in order to gain more power. And unfortunately, the people have been all too willing to cede power and authority. I mean, listen, I, I ask my classes all the time. When you have chief executives of the states, the governors, when you have president of the United States that could deem what businesses are essential and which ones aren't, when, where, and how you could practice your faith, when we could protest in the public sphere, when we could go shopping and purchase things that we want and need. Uh, the reality is that you're no longer in a free society. I mean, you know, when they're dictating what you have to wear when you leave your house, who can come into your home? I mean, how is that any different than we see in authoritarian regimes? And the only vehicle to get us to the Great Reset is authoritarianism. And we've been increasingly going there. And unfortunately, you have a bunch of people that say, hey, I want to live. The Constitution doesn't matter. The Constitution's old and outdated anyway. Get rid of it and let's live in this new, brave new world. And it's really going to come back to bite us if we allow this to continue to happen. But Nick and Rick, this didn't happen in a vacuum. Do people understand that we, especially young people, have been conditioned and prepared for this for decades in the schools and the way you, we, everyone talks about indoctrination in the schools. You realize now we're, we're reaping that what we sowed so long ago by allowing universities to become basically terrorist training camps where we indoctrinate these young people to come out and think what's happening now is perfectly OK. The Constitution is not a grant of authority. It's a check on government power. And if you ask, I think, you know, Nick, you're, you know, a professor, you could probably ask educated people 20, 21 years old, and they'd say the Constitution grants power, grants authority to the government, and the government gives you your rights. Where did we go wrong? Because we were talking about before you guys came on, I don't think this would have worked 20, 30, 40 years ago. I don't think the government would have been able to pull this off then. Why now? Why at this point in history is it so damn successful? Well, be, we're guilty, too. And I do want to state that unequivocally, because when 9-11 happened, you had both Republicans and Democrats, but most so Republicans all cheering on the Patriot Act. They were cheering on this government intrusion. They were cheering on the idea of this big surveillance state that the government created. And it was all in the name of being safe. You know, the old saying by Benjamin Franklin, those that are willing to give up 
their liberty for safety deserve neither liberty or safety and, and or security. When we look at it and examine it, we've all been contributing to this problem. And, and obviously I'm generalizing there. But the American people have forgotten the Constitution. They've forgotten the Declaration of Independence. And I wouldn't just put this on the backs of the younger generation. It's the older generation as well. I mean, how many uh, adults have actually read the United States Constitution? We constantly see the man on the street interviews where most people can't name all the freedoms under the First Amendment. So it's a universal problem in the United States. And you're right, it is partly because of the education system, because we've moved away from teaching about the Constitution, about the founding intent of this country, what the Declaration really means. I mean, it's pretty clear when you actually read these documents that these documents were intended to put the people in charge and to limit the government's power. The whole basis for the United States was limiting government power and the people dictate what the government can do rather than the government dictating what we can do. Unfortunately, we've moved so far away from that. And now just a knee jerk reaction, any issue that arises, the knee jerk reaction is to look to government to solve the problem. And we've basically federalized every single issue out there now. Well, the uh, you know, with, well, last time I was on, Eric, uh, yeah. you know, we, we talked about Marxism in, in depth and uh, how it slowly sneaked up on us. And when the feminist movement came into play, they, they kind of accelerated everything. But uh, I, I talked about a case, a, a real world case that was so surprising to me. Uh, Tom Cotton had advocated for using the uh, military to go in and put down the uh, unrest in our cities. Mm -hmm. And uh, he published a, a, an op-ed in the New York Times, the woke, journalists, young journalists, millennial journalists over there went crazy. They, they got him fired and they got his assistant fired. And I just happened to run into one of them on Twitter, believe it or not. Mm. And she was talking about, she said, well, you, the thing is with you boomers, you know, you're all, you, you care about liberty. We don't care about liberty. We, we care about safety and we want the government to protect us. But I, I think it comes from like you're pointing out, you know, they, 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 they go to these colleges, they take these, if you ever took a women's studies class, oh. you probably wouldn't be right for, you know, a couple of years <laughs> afterwards. It's just so toxic what they teach these people, yes. but they've made them afraid. They've made them afraid. And that kind of leads into, uh, you know, the, the pandemic and, and their push for the, the great reset. Fear is a powerful factor in changing attitudes and opinions in a society. So what they're doing now is they're piling on with as much fear as they can possibly create. And at least half uh, of the population is terrified. They, they think that if they don't get the 45th booster shot, you know, their life is over. And they, they got to sign up today to make sure there's enough left for them. Well, and conservatives have been asleep at the wheel. Conservatives tend to believe that liberty is the natural condition of human beings, which it is, but they think that it's inherent with us and that everyone wants liberty, that it's universal, it's just instilled in human beings throughout the world, when that's not true. We know that's not true, that there are a lot of societies where they don't care, the people don't care about liberty, they care about stability, they, they just want their economics to be good and they want to be stable, they don't care if they're under authoritarian regime or not. And we see this time and time again. So the American experience has always been in a unique one where we appreciated the concept of liberty. But you ask anyone today, it doesn't matter young or old, uh, define liberty for me. They can't really give you a full-fledged definition of liberty. They'll say freedom. 
They may throw in freedom of speech and freedom of the press, but they can't really define what liberty actually is. But here's where the culture comes into play. And, and you know, we talk about the Constitution, the importance of the Constitution. Well, what is the left always saying? The Constitution was written by wealthy, white, slave-owning, aristocratic males. So inherently, anything that they would have drafted is flawed. And, and if you can create things along those lines, they can disregard the Constitution left and right because it no longer applies in these times because of who wrote it. Bob, what say you? Well, I was wondering, what's the definition of liberty? If you're going to go that far. <laughs> Well, the, the definition of liberty is just uh, it's the natural condition of human beings wherein we get to express our free will responsibly in accord with the dictates of right reason and natural law, that, that we get to essentially do what we want as long as we're not infringing on other people, on other people's rights and other people's liberties. And it's as simple as that. And then freedom is the ability to express your liberty. That's what it comes down to. And I think, Eric, you, you have a great point when you examine what's been going on, when you examine the entirety of the United States and the Constitution, it's all based on lies, what the left is throwing out there. The idea of slavery was actually heavily debated during the Constitutional Convention of 1787. Absolutely. And if you look at the founding fathers, there's this idea that they were all slave owners. They weren't. In fact, two thirds of them either were abolitionists, did not agree with slavery and fought against slavery, they had slaves and then freed their slaves while they were alive, or they had slaves and freed their slaves upon their death because they understood the evils of slavery. Mm -hmm. You go to speeches by James Madison, Thomas Jefferson, both slave owners. However, they talked about slavery as a lamentable evil. You look at uh, Governor Morris's speech at the Constitutional Convention, warning about the evils of slavery is going to haunt us for generations to come. So this idea that we created the United States for racism and slavery is complete nonsense. We actually understood right from the get-go that slavery was wrong. It goes against everything we're talking about. The problem was that if we try to banish slavery from the outset, from the start of the Declaration of Independence, the southern states wouldn't have joined us in fighting England and we would have been crushed. And well, the that's, story. that's the, the point. And a lot of people don't realize is that the original declaration, the original draft had comments about slavery in it and they, when they were discussing it which parts to keep they got rid of it because they said look if we're going to take on england the greatest military industrial political superpower of our time we need to have the support of the southern states and they did understand it was a lamentable evil a lot of them thought it was going to go away on its own um by the early 19th century we had outlawed the importation of slaves it just took us about 60 years until we finally got rid of it after fighting a civil war to do so so i think there's a view of history and a lot of what we don't understand too and not to cite track too much on slavery, but the most prolific slave owners on the North American continent were the Comanche Indians. It was not mm -hmm. white Americans because many of whom yep. were way too poor to own slaves. Are you telling me that the Native Americans weren't the peaceful, loving people that we always <laughs> are hearing about? But I, I just want to make a quick point because I think it encapsulates the entire lie that's being perpetrated. If you look at the three-fifths compromise, Everyone's saying how horrible the three-fifths compromise was, that we didn't look at Black people as a full person, and, and they don't really analyze it in a way. The three-fifths compromise was done to actually limit the South's power. Right. The South wanted full representation for Black <clears throat> people, and the reason they wanted full representation them to count as full people was for the sole fact it would give them more representation in Congress and more power within the government. And so the northern states, some of whom actually outlawed slavery, 
Massachusetts 1780, long before the Constitution was passed, they said, no, we're not going to allow you to keep these people enslaved. And you're going to count them as full people in order to increase your power and representation within government. So even as something like the Three-Fifth Compromise, it shows that there was this battle over slavery, yet people will view it through the prism of that was inhumane because we didn't count them as full people. Well, if we counted them as full people, how much would slavery have actually increased in this country? Right. No, of course. Well, uh, you right. know, I think, I think Martin Luther King had it right when he said that uh, the Constitution was a promissory note to be paid in the future when it was politically possible. The last part I added. But another thing that I wanna point out that's I think is really important. And we've gotta, we've, we've gotta do some things ourselves to get people energized and move them in the right direction. I think 95% of the people out there think all of this is nonsense. I don't think they believe it in the least. I think there's probably people on the left, a good number that they know it's BS, but they don't care if they get power. But there is a group of people in the middle, independents, probably even uh, center-left Democrats that just want to have a civil society and you know respect each other and, and live in peace. Uh, we were so close to it. You know, I had a young lady came. Uh, it was for the gas service, I think, but a young black lady came, and uh, we we started chatting about this, and she said, "Yeah, you know what? We're going backwards." I think there are tons of people just like her out there. Yep. So the point of that is later on, we'll talk about giant slayers and what we're doing to fix this and push back. But we've got to get out there and point out the fact that, hey, listen, you folks are talking this. The only people that, uh, that believe this are the, the uh, anchors on MSNBC and CNN. The rest of us are saying, you're absolutely nuts, the things that you're bringing up. You know, John Rich, a country Western uh, um, entertainer of all people, he's a bright guy. He's right. a bright guy. He's on Twitter and he said, you know, when you will have unity is when all, and he put all in all caps, when all people realize we've been lied to and played for fools. That's exactly where we need to take folks. We need to get, need to get them to realize that, you know what? Democrats aren't going to like the Great Reset any better than Republicans. So we had better get together on this and figure out how we save our country. And actually, I, I do believe that's the path back to, to unity in a solid uh, country that's pointed in the right direction. Rick, Rick and Nick, you know, either one of you, both of you take this question. People ask all the time, what's the, what is the Great Reset going to look like? What's the end? Well, not what it's going to look like. We're in it. But what's the end goal? What is the end goal? What is society going to look like after it has been reset? Well, it's one of those things where you're going to see severe curbs on, on the idea of our freedoms, the idea of freedom of speech, freedom of the press. You're going to see a, a very restrictive society when it comes to social mobility. I mean, the Chinese social surveillance state, the social credit system is coming to the United States. And so if we just use that as our mirror, because that's what it will be. I mean, if you look at vaccine passports, it's essentially the same thing. That's part of the social credit system. It'll determine if you could get a passport to travel. It determines whether you get educational benefits or healthcare benefits from society. It'll determine whether you get promoted or not. And so you have this, this power elite, the ruling class, the overlords, that will be the ones that dictate everything. And Rick's right. I mean, it doesn't matter what your political beliefs are. You, you could agree with the authoritarians in power, but your life is going to suffer just as much as anyone else, unless you have direct connections to the top leadership. And that's the scary part that we see. 
Uh, most Americans, they're, they're blind to this fact that they don't realize and they're willing to download the vaccine passport. I mean, even if you're vaccinated, you shouldn't be using the vaccine passport because think about how it's going to expand. Why just limit it to a COVID vaccine? Why, why not start putting all health data to determine whether you could get into a place because of your health status? When are we going to determine whether obese people could eat at fast food restaurants? Like people don't realize this, but there was a law proposed in Georgia. It was about five or six years ago that tried to ban obese people from going to eat at fast food restaurants. I mean, that, that's the idea of the nanny state where the government dictates what you can and what you cannot do, what you can and cannot eat, what you can and cannot say. And Europe's been on this trend for a long time, but the Europeans, when they protest, <laughs> they protest uh, and they do push back. So it's interesting to see the reaction in Europe, the, the people standing up in Europe compared to people in the United States where we're more, more laissez-faire, we're, we're taking a backseat approach and we don't see the level of protest that we should be seeing in this country, particularly when it comes to masking in children. I think that's the most inhumane thing uh, that we have done throughout this coronavirus. And what we've done to uh, generations of the youth is, is going to be traumatic for decades to come. The, uh, I, I think the always the past is the best indicator of the future. Look at what they were talking about with Agenda 21, Agenda 2020, and now Agenda 2030. Really, this program is the pathway to the Great Reset. So let's put everybody in a metropolitan area. Let's give them a, a, in a smaller piece of real estate, you know, maybe even a box to live in. Uh, let's control what they do. So we, they, they have to get the vaccine if we say they have to get the vaccine. And then if we need to travel between places, we do it with high-speed rail. So all of those things, you know they want that. <clears throat> and you know that they're concerned you know, there are real, they're real concerns too that they have. But the question is, are they going to approach it for the good? Or are they going to approach it from the direction of evil? And that's the scary part. But it's I also the idiocy of the whole thing. I mean, high speed rail. So in order to look at the future, they want to take us back to the days of railroads. I mean, that doesn't really make sense to me when we have innovations that are coming down the pike that are far better than any type of rail. Uh, but, but, the, the logic doesn't make sense on the left. They do want this power and control, but control over what? Because when it all turns to crap, fine, you could have all the power in the world. But if you have a horrible country, what is it really worth? And that's what these people don't really see. They, they think that they're smarter than all the generations prior to them, than all the socialists and the communists prior to them. Oh, I, we're going to implement it differently. We're going to do it the right way and it's going to work. No, it will always fail. And you notice they try and talk about the Scandinavian nations, but they always point to countries like China and saying that like countries like China have the right policies, Cuba's education system. You notice that they point to the most authoritarian regimes and want to emulate those. I was reading an article today about uh, the CDC director Walensky a year ago was saying, well, well, China had it right with the lockdowns. And I'm sitting there like, you, we're talking about the most repressive regime on the planet. And, and that's what our bureaucrats want to emulate. That's some scary stuff right there. But here, here's the thing, as far as, um, well, anyway, hold on. Let me get back to my thought. Bob, you have any questions, Bob? No, 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 no. Savage, what about you? No, I'm good. I'm in full agreement thus far. 
Well, my thing I think people don't realize is that now where we are with vaccine passports and we are working toward a social credit system, how far away are we from, I, I have this, this vision in my head five years from now walking into a bank to get like a home equity loan and they pull up my internet search history and say, Mr. Matheny, we'd love to extend a loan to you, but you spend way too much time on infowars.com and we yeah. just can't, we just can't in good conscience lend money to someone who supports that. I mean, but that's, we joke about it now, but that's what social that's credit been is. happening. Yeah, that, that's uh, been it, happening. It, that's where it, we it, are. It could right. be worse than that, Eric. Maybe there won't be banks. Maybe you'll be have a chip a chip implanted, and we'll be dealing with cryptocurrency. And either you can have money if they let you have money, or they can shut you off if they want to. So you know, the possibility to go in the direction of evil is just so great. And then when we look at the people who are leading us, I mean, you know, there the the lack of truthfulness is just exudes from these people you know why this vaccine why does it have to go to everybody right down to you know they're, they're studying whether or not you can give a baby the, the vaccine and, and and they survive why are they so desperate to give us this vaccine that uh if i get it the chances of me surviving are 99.7 percent but yet if i take this vaccine there's a chance that, that I die. You know, I, people are dying, dropping left and right, as far as I can tell. You know, soccer players are falling down on the field with heart attacks. And you know, why would I take that risk when there's almost as, you know, I, I'm probably more likely to die in a car accident uh, driving over to pick up the vaccine than I am to die from uh, COVID. So why are they pushing so hard? Well, I don't know, you know, and I, I, I won't get in conspiracy theories about it because I just don't know. I just know that anybody with any sense would not trust these people. I, I can answer why it, it, they're going pushing so hard. It's because government dictates and they want people to obey. And the more people push back, the more the government doesn't like that. They, they don't want pushback. They, they want an obedient and compliant society. We've seen this from the beginning. And we do see this social engineering that's current. Eric, you just brought up the banks. The banks have been doing that. People are unaware of it because, God forbid, Republicans and conservatives actually speak out. But all you have to do, just go back the last five years. You had, I believe it was Citibank and Bank of America stated that they're no longer going to be providing financial services to any gun dealers that sell firearms to people under the age of 21. Well, who the hell put them in charge? I mean, the reality is that there's state law that says 18 and older. But these banks are saying, well, we don't like the policies that the elected officials put in place. And so we're going to determine the policies. You saw it with the most recent Georgia voting law, where all these corporations were outlawed. And they were saying that we're going to punish your state financially. We're going to punish your state economically because we don't like what the elective body in the state of Georgia did. The elected representatives that the people went out and voted for. So you're seeing this social engineering. The corporations have been taking over, taken over, and it's because you got a bunch of, of people that went through the university system. Now they're all in the HR departments in all these big companies. They sit on the boards and they're the elitist within society. I mean, notice it's not the people that have to live week to week and struggle on the streets that are making these policy decisions. It's the ones that have lived comfortably most of their lives True. that are the ones dictating what the policy should be. Well, okay. keep in mind, these people that are that are pushing this at us, uh, the World Economic Forum. So Klaus Schwab is the chairman of the World Economic Forum. They're, they're the brainchild of the, the Great Reset. He's got a book, COVID-19 and the Great Reset. 
Um, you know, they're running ads. <laughs> they're running ads that say, you won't own any property and you'll be happy. Mm. They've got another one where it says, you, you'll have no privacy and you'll be happy. And then somebody called them on the ad and they say, oh yeah, well, we ran that ad, but we, we didn't really mean it. But you see yeah. those policies coming out. Actually, you see it in California, New York City. They try doing the same thing where they're trying to eliminate single family housing. I mean, so, the, so these, the resets here, I mean, they're trying to push it forward. The, mo- the amazing part is government is the most incompetent entity that exists. They can't even fix pothole rights. And I'll say that over and over again. And, and yet people expect government to handle all these different issues, all these different complicated policies. No, government's not designed that way. That's why government always fails. That's why it always leads towards authoritarianism. To think that the, these people creating these pie-in-the-sky policies, to think that these policies are going to be successful is just ignorant because name me any government policies that have truly, and I mean truly thoroughly have been successful uh, with the exception of when government limits its power. Absolutely. That's true. That's true. But you know, one thing Nick says that a lot, really, these guys are just too dumb to, to really take over. I'm not. So I didn't sure. say that they're, that they're too dumb to take over. I said they're, they're dumb and incompetent that when they do take yeah. over, it's not that they're going to be successful. Savage, yeah. you want to jump in here? Hold on. Savage, right. you want to jump in? Yeah, yeah I was just going to say that back on what Rick, Rick was saying earlier, the reason that our leaders, quote unquote, want this vaccine and they want us to be so subservient is because natural immunity is not profitable. And also COVID was the perfect vehicle to check all these boxes that we are now mentioning. So if they want subservience and they want you to not push back and they want to know everything about you, most of the population, well, I think a lot of us, I'm not going to say most, we all want the same things. We want left the fuck alone and we went left to our own devices and we want what's best for our fellow man. But we have a very large pocket in this country who are not only operating off of fear, but they don't mind being subservient because they think that this, you know, failed government has the answers because they're so used to being spooed fed the answers. They would rather a suit tell them this is what's best for you because I'm telling you other than them seeking it out for themselves. It's much easier when someone gives you an answer rather than you having to go find it out. I'm one of the people that likes to find my own way, my own answers. You give me a problem, I'm going to work through it. But a lot of what we see now, and it's all age brackets, it's not just the younger folks, it's not just the the older folks, it's all of us. We have become complacent, we've become lazy, we've become lackadaisical Mm -hmm. with keeping up with our politicians. But in the end, they have the perfect blanket to encompass everything from banking to the constitution to everything. COVID has seeped into every facet of our lives. And most of the people refuse to see that. Why? Because of fear. But if you say, how long is it going to take? Is it going to be five years from now where you're walking into an establishment and you're being judged off your browser history? We are there. When you have the IRS able to come in when you have over $600 in your bank account and to be able to see every transaction you make, or you can be turned away because you're simply not vaccinated. It's ridiculous. Just last night at work, I had a gentleman walk through my lobby. He and his wife were getting ready to go to an establishment that's a local establishment. They wanted him to take a screenshot or a picture of his vaccination card before he and his wife could even attend this dinner function. And I said to him, I said, sir, may I ask you, does that not anger you? Does that not set off alarm bells? You're in what, your 60s, 70s, and you're okay with the fact that Simply because you didn't go at the behest of the government and media stoking flames, they want a picture of a COVID ID card. I will never 
in the history of this life be okay with that. I will never get the vaccine. I will never be compliant. And I will never, ever look to the government to solve my problems. We are on a one-way path to, you know, what we don't need. This is everything that yeah. is going to destruct our country. Couldn't agree more. You know, and you said something really important there that uh, I was going to mention. You know, if you look at these folks and you're trying to figure out which direction they're going to go, it's always follow the money. So mm -hmm. it, sure, they're feeding the, 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 the pharmaceutical companies. Somebody posted, uh, I saw yesterday, I think the, the shares for Pfizer, I think it was, were down to like $9 a share. Today, yep. they're at almost $300 a share. And mm -hmm. ask yourself, Rick and others, ask yourself, how many of our suits right now that claim to represent us have shares in these places? I mean, one of the biggest things that I get asked all the time, why is Trump pushing the vaccination? Why do you agree with Operation Warp Speed? First of all, I didn't agree with any of that. If you look throughout our politicians, what is it, something like 80% or maybe 70, somewhere in there, all are within, you know, stockholders of Pfizer or whatever the case may be. Natural yeah. immunity is not profitable. They are going to go where the dollar signs are because why? They don't give a shit about us because they know we're just going to keep out. We're just going to keep doing what we do, pump out money for those who want to sit on the couch and be afraid. It is all intertwined. And again, it's all encompassed under that COVID umbrella. And they know you have much of the population either fearful or acting off of emotion. And then you have the folks like us who want to say, if I get the sniffles, I know not to go to work. If I feel unwell, I'll see a doctor. They don't want that. They want you lined up. They want the 837th booster shot in your body if you make it that far, because if not, you're going to drop over dead, which let's not kid ourselves, that's happening. It's a disgrace. But money will always be the root of all evil, especially when you have a government that has gotten so rotten to its core like ours has. 20, 25 years ago, we had a bit more of a chance because people fought back more. They understood what they were losing and so willfully giving away. They understood this is where you have to draw a line. Now it's, oh, if this doesn't fit with a narrative or the general consensus, I, I'd rather say nothing. Fuck that. Say something. If you're not, if you don't agree with it and you don't think it's good for you, your sovereignty or, you know, the, the salvation of America, then I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I can't take a back seat and say, oh, well, because 90 of the 90 percent of the people around me are going to take this avenue. I'm then going to take that same avenue. I'm not. But it needs to be said that our politicians are only in this for one reason, and that's the almighty dollar. I yeah, that's, that's, that's a serious problem. Gentlemen, so, I got to, before we we'll wrap here, it's running low on time. I, I want to find out. So we're talking about all these problems, but we need solutions. What is your organization, the Giant Slayers? What are you guys doing to work toward a solution? Now, what Giant Slayers is doing, we're ramping up right now. So we're getting out and we're talking to people with money. You know, we're talking to, to PACs that have money, money managers, uh, people in a position or, or independent Republicans who, who are wealthy. But we're looking for those folks. We're setting up meetings. We're sitting them down and we're talking to them. And here's what we're telling them. You know, when you look at your federal government and certainly the executive branch is corrupt, uh, mm -hmm. Probably the Congress, it's fair to say that they're corrupt or they're unable to perform. The judiciary, it's not looking good, you know, there either. So if, if it's not working for you at that level, what are you going to do? 
you, you got to go down to the local level. And part of what we've got to do to stop this great reset, because they're, they're coming for us. You know, they're putting together ratings. They, they call them ESG ratings. that are the equivalent of the uh, Chinese social credit score to, to track us and control us. We, we've got to stop this. So um, I think what we've got to do is we've got to get down to the local level. Everything, once I got to do, to go, went to work doing research at the local level, the thing that just shocked me is the, the Democrats and you know, communist organizations, the Chinese, they're all down there and they're going like crazy and they're years ahead of us. We're so far behind. You know, Republicans don't want to be activists in general. Well, we're going to need to become activists. So what we want to do is push to the local level. If we had the money, we'd open an office in every major city in the United States today. Probably uh, for starters, you know, maybe Texas, maybe swing states. But if Texas goes down, our whole country is lost too. And I can tell you this, I lived in California. I watched the downfall of California. I watched them execute a five-point plan to, to take down California, and Texas is on point number four. So I'm going to energize people in Texas and get them to see that we've got to stand up and do something. Is that what we've been talking about? Got all these complacent people. Well, let's, let's shake them up just a little bit, and let's get them excited. And then what we're going to do is, one, and you're going to like this, is we've got to take care of these rhinos, okay? the, the people that... The, the beauty of Trump is he triggered so many people. He got them to come out in the open. We pretty much know who they are. So uh, we've got to get rid of them. We've got to get them primary. We've got to get them out of here. And then for years and years and years, Trevor Loudon's been talking about the Marxists in Congress. They're everywhere. They, I don't know why people don't out them, but Giant Slayers is going to do exactly that. So well, they marginalize us. We're going to marginalize them in return. But the difference is we use the truth. We don't just sling mud and lies at people and, and uh, you know, characterize them as something that they're, they really are not. And then election uh, integrity. So, you know, this uh, Wendy Rogers is doing a bang up job running across the, the, the country trying to get people to... Uh, conduct full forensic audits. We need those audits, it, not because Trump is gonna get uh, reinstated, that's never going to happen, but because if we don't find a way to audit our elections and get fair results, we're not gonna have a country anymore. But I also believe that we're going to win in a landslide in 2022 and probably 2024. And if Trump wants to run, he's gonna be the president again. Whoever is the president at that point in time is going to take those forensic audits, and that's when we're going to do the investigations, and that's where uh, people are going to go to jail. And then the last thing is to, uh, we, we found out that across the United States, Ronna McDaniel told us that she had the greatest grounding game in the history of the United States. And then I come to find out that out of 400,000 uh, precinct chairs, these are the people that do the grassroots work, you know, that knock on doors, pass out flyers, get out the vote, they, they you know, get them to the polls on, on election day. 200,000 of 400,000, nobody's even sitting there. And of the remaining 200,000, probably half are rhinos. So we're gonna focus on filling those seats and we're gonna start looking at the things that the, the left has done to take over local politics. They own local politics right now. George Soros came to Austin, Texas. They had Proposition A. Its point was to reverse defunding the uh, the police. 
It required two police per thousand population. He dumped a million dollars in a pack to oppose it. It went down 70-30. We've got to stop this. We've got teachers unions filling school boards with you know, radicals that believe in critical race theory and, and you know, just radical lesson plans. We've got to deal with that. Well, well, we've got to get our people in place. You no, know, I, I agree. I agree 100%. And I hate to cut you off, but we are running short on time. Giant Slayers, love the work you guys are doing. Thank you so much both for coming on the show. And thank you for your, the amazing work you guys continue to do. Hey, thank thanks. you for having us. Eric, all right, Giant Slayers, got a lot to say. And, you know, it, it comes down to being about more than just talk. I think the time for talk is over. So before we wrap, guys, um, we got less than a year before the midterms. Uh, it looks like Republicans are going to sweep. Um, but, you know, a, a year in politics is a lifetime. Bob, if we give the Republicans an opportunity to lead again, what do they have to deliver? something that they're not willing to deliver. And first of all, I don't think we're gonna sweep anything because the Democrats are just gonna cheat. If we don't fix 2020, I don't think we're ever gonna win another election again. So, and if let's say we do win, they're gonna do the same damn crap they've always done. It, it, I, don't think it's, I don't think it's so much about a sweep issue. I think both sides now realize where the problems lie. We are too complacent and we're just as culpable, but we also have to know what we're demanding more for. Like we can sit here and say, that you know, we want more, but what are those things that we're seeking? So I think I'm in total agreement with Rick and Nick. Um, localism is the way to save our asses. 2020 is forever gonna be a bad spot. I don't know how we're gonna rectify that just yet. No one I think has the answer to that, but in order to get back to where we need to be and get the right people in power that are representative of we the people, we need to, we need to just locally, we need to get in faces. We need to be loud. We need to put our asses in seats. We need to be, you know, observant. We need to have our voices heard or else this is going to go nowhere. I mean, Republicans may sweep it, but right now I think both sides are just rotten to their core. I, I agree 100%. And I think that if we do give the Republicans the opportunity to lead again, um, it's not going to be the Mitch McConnell's. It's not going to be the Kevin McCarthy's uh, because they go along to get along for, mm -hmm. for far too long. They've been doing that. Uh, I think we need to be just as ruthless and relentless as the Dems. Um, someone said it the other night, I think it was uh, Tim Poole or somebody said it, that conservatism is progressivism driving the speed limit. We don't, we don't play the game. We don't play the culture game. We don't play the media game. Yeah, we do better memes. And you know, we, there are certain things we do better. But man, they have their hands in everything from academia to big tech to corporate America. I think we just got to go in there scorched earth to hell with the rules. Uh, let me tell you something right now. And I've had candidates that reach out to us that want to be on the show. And I'm happy to give you a platform. But if you use the word bipartisan or if you say the phrase reach across the aisle, I will not support you. This show will not support you. And I think Amen. most of the America first contingent will not support you. Amen. The time for compromise is over. We got to take it back. We're in the midst of a great reset and too many people are just damn docile house cats. Bob, we've been saying it since 2019 yeah. before any of this hard winters and we are paying the price for not having hard winters. What's that? Did it not seem like that whole discussion with the guests and everything, did it not feel like we're in revelation? It just getting chipped and it just, it all feels like I've read this story before and it just plays right into it. Well, right now, okay, last year it was masks. Wear the mask, show your support, wear the mask. This year it's the vaccine. What comes next? What comes next in that logical progression of the great reset? Maybe, who knows? No, but I mean, you're talking about chips and things like that. And one thing we don't talk about enough of what's going on in Australia, the military in Australia is rounding people up and taking yep. them to camps that they have yep. built specifically yep. for COVID 
quarantining. Um, and and we, we kind of overlook that here. I don't know why. I think we think it can't happen here. But three years ago, if you would have told us that we had to have vaccine passports and That's we right. put kids in masks, we would have said you were crazy. So I don't agree. I don't like when people say I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist. Bullshit. There's no such thing as a conspiracy theory anymore because they're all turning out to be true. So with that being said, gentlemen, lady, uh, any more uh, parting <laughs> words? Um, yeah, just for anyone who listens to this, get out there locally, support the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, read it. Um, you know, don't be afraid to have an opinion. Um, gloves need to come off. You need to stop being nice about it. Stop worrying about hurting feelings. Stop worrying about being PC because that's never going to happen. Um, stop looking for the answers from your government because they only supply problems. And be proud, be proud of your country, defend it. Give everything that you have every day, whether it's a spaces meeting, a podcast, get into city council, whatever you can do, do it, saturate them, give it right back. Stop making memes, stop waiting for you know a miracle, stop waiting for Trump to come back and listen into the Scott McKay's and the fucking, you know, the psychos who want you to buy their merch. Get out there, grab your balls and fight for your country. Because if you don't, we're gonna be Australia or worse. That was savage. I, that she is savage. She said, well, Savage, hey, great work stepping in for Rampage. A big, big happy birthday to Rampage, enjoying his 45th birthday in the beautiful state of South Dakota. Thank you, brother. Next week, uh, unfortunately, we will not be here again. This this next couple of weeks is going to be very inconsistent. I'm going to Disney. It's my annual Christmas Disney trip with the family. So I'll be uh, broke. Enjoy it, man. Enjoy <laughs> I'll be broke, but I, I have a great time with my kids. I love it. If you see me there, say hi. I may wear my Let's Go Brandon hat at Disney. I bet I'll get a lot of high fives. <laughs> Um, and then after which we have another show, but then I think the following week is Christmas, but it's a little inconsistent between now and the new year, but man, we're almost in 2022 and I thought we'd have flying cars by now, but, uh, instead we have <laughs> vaccine passports and fear. you can't even get a car. What are you worried about it for? You I know cars in Florida. <laughs> I want it. You, damn it. I want it. I'm an American consumer and I want to buy a car today and I can't do it. I can't do you it. You won't I get want a car when they let money. you. They will, it's like the old Soviet Union. I'll go make a down payment on a car. I'll be ready in eight years. Nice. And it's all the same color and the same make and model. Uh, no, with that being said, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I forgot to say the beginning of the show, share, 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 share the broadcast. If you're watching this, share it. All you have to do is press a little button. You know, we've got opposable thumbs, the ability to reason. Use that opposable thumb to tap your phone or your screen, whatever you're touching, and share it with someone. Hell, send it to your neighbor. Send it to somebody. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. And Patreon, patreon.com slash Bob and Eric. And obviously, freedomfirstcoffee.com. Go get that coffee. Promo code MAGA, 30% off. That's huge. Don't support Starbucks. Don't support Black Rifle. Don't support anybody but us because we're capitalists and I need money because I'm going to Disney next week. So love you guys. Thank you. And we'll see you in two weeks. Later. Peace out. I keep America. You keep America. We'll keep America great. I keep America. You 